So, what's up, guys? This is the fourth episode of Rocket Pod, and today we have Kevin Lee. Uh, hi, Kevin. Hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah likewise. So, Kevin is the director of marketing at Buffer, uh, a tool which every one of you might be using, and if you are not using, you should start using. <laughs> so, it's a Buffer is a social media management platform and one of the best for brands and businesses. uh to manage the social media obviously uh kevan here specializes in editorial strategy content marketing copywriting uh, seo and obviously social media so we're going to talk about how to create an effective like content marketing and distribution plan with kevan so uh, in your experience kevan like what pro- platforms works best for uh, leads for b2b tech saas like yourself and before Yeah, that's a great place to start. Um so we're very big into content marketing and that has been a great source of awareness and acquisition for us. We don't have a much of a lead capture lead nurture system at all, but what we have built through content is authority in the social media space and a certain level of influence there so people know people associate the the word buffer with social media which is kind of the goal of our content. in the past right. we used content quite heavily to to build our email list up so our email newsletter lists and just by adding CTAs wow. to content and making it a real focal point for the blog design and i think it when it comes to other platforms um i don't know if this counts as a platform or not but i often think about viral marketing as one of the one of the very key ways to generate more leads and basically viral marketing is you know letting others pitch your product for you or on your behalf so they love the product and they tell others about it. So we have a pretty heavy focus on word of mouth and viral in that sense too, which can be a bit harder to measure but I think in the long run it makes for stickier and longer lasting customers and stronger leads. Right. So so when you started uh, this plan, uh, you, you I agree with that viral or word of mouth marketing is hard to track. but uh, did he have anything in mind that you were planning to do that uh, even though it was not trackable or even though it was not measurable yeah i i've heard this comment from the mailchimp marketing team before where they want to build a bias for mailchimp so that whenever someone does need an email marketing solution they know to go to mailchimp and we want to do something similar for buffer we want to build a bias for buffer so that when someone needs a social media tool buffer is one of the first names that comes to mind. So we had right. a general concept in mind and then um we kind of filtered up all of our different things into that strategy. Right. And and you build this kind of mindset into other people through one one and only thing which is content. Is that right? Pretty much. Yeah. Right. So that brings me to the next question is like you find your niche in social media. uh mailchimp find their niche in email marketing and so how a how a growing saas company find their niche platform uh and they can do the same like what you did with social media and what mailchimp did with email marketing like what what are some steps to follow yeah we had kind of a long journey to to get to that niche too so the buffer blog uh-huh. in particular it started off with much more life hacking and productivity tips which were really great for building page authority and backlinks mm-hmm. and spreading far and wide so that was that was awesome for a young you know growing startup and okay. we reached a point where we realized this this is great for building awareness but it doesn't really drive conversions it doesn't really um 
established buffer in the social media space the way we would like it to. So we pivoted the blog, we moved all of our productivity and life hacking content somewhere else, and we just started writing about social media. So it was an interesting journey there, just that we took two different routes uh, or different paths, I guess. And the first path was great early on because it built a foundation for the blog. It was great because it allowed us to go deep into a very, um, very targeted fit our product. So I, I guess if I, I would say, eventually you want to land that is very, t- very closely tied to your product. It doesn't have to be like same, same. Like if you have, um, if you have a, oh, I don't even know if you have um, like a ride sharing platform, um, you don't have to be talking exactly about ride sharing. Be talking about the transportation economy at large. You could be talking about all these different satellite topics at some point. But the goal is, ideally, you're talking about mostly the same to the same audience or people interested in that stuff. Um, and then okay. in order to find like where that audience hangs out, we were, mm-hmm. we're, I guess we're lucky in the sense that social media is of different great products in it. So you can look mm-hmm. to your competitors or your peers to see where like the strategies that they're using or the audiences that they are trying to target. Um, and there's just a lot of demographic information out there that's available now, whether that's through different ad platforms that you can learn from, um, whether it's from customer research or surveys. So you kind of mix the qualitative to find where the audience is. Oh, that's good. That's interesting. Uh, like, uh, and when, when you started doing these activities, so how, how was the distribution plan going on? Like, uh, like what what channels you mostly focus on distributing because there, there's like different channels right so you did you focus more on webinars that time or did you focus more on videos mm, so what yeah. what channels you use to distribute the much of the content yeah in the very early days we started with guest writing so we would write articles for other blogs we shifted uh-huh. that to syndications we would take the existing articles that we've written for the buffer blog and pitch them to other websites, like larger websites like our, or Forbes or Fast Company for them to run on their blogs. And uh-huh. then the next stage was we, we really leaned into email as a distribution platform. And we had a list, we grew our list to over 100,000 people and just really made the most of that. And now most of our traffic comes through search. So 85% of our blog traffic is from um, organic search. So we have a deep archive of content that we're fortunate ranks pretty well for keywords. And mm-hmm. that's how people find it. That, that's really great. Like 85% of your traffic coming from organic. So it, uh, it really says that your content plan in the olden days paid off. Yeah. And I think that the blogs, I think blogs um, evolve over time. There's a great article that Heat and Shaw mm-hmm. wrote about this of how you scale a blog to a million visits a month. Like a, a blog at a million visits a month looks a lot different than a blog at 10,000 visits a month. When you're at 10,000, uh, you just have to do different strategies. Like we were, we talked about, you know, we did guest posting and then we did syndication and then we did email and then we did search. And that's, usually like mm-hmm. a similar flow that the exact tactics will change, but typically you end up with search being your primary one toward the end, just because uh-huh. you've built such a strong base and strong domain authority there. Okay. That's, that's great. Uh, and, and when you talk about content, so, so you, you can go about two ways. One is you talk about your product 
uh, or what your product does. Uh, and the second is you provide value in the niche you are in. So for example, uh, in Buffer's case, uh, so I, I assume there are two types of contents. One is you actually talk about social media management. And the other thing is you talk about everything that revolves around social media management. So uh, what, what kind of focus you put in uh, in the early stage and what kind of focus are you putting in now in those two ways? Yeah, we, we hardly ever talk about product, product stuff, like very bottom of funnel things that maybe if there's a launch, um, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, once a quarter, we'll write something that's very buffer product focused. Okay. So we, we typically break it into, we kind of have funnel, funnel content for the blog. We have top of funnel content, which like you mentioned is the very, it's social media based, but it's not directly tied to mm-hmm. social media management. It might be something like, Oh, in the past, it took the form of the ideal length of everything or um, a breakdown of what different acronyms mean on social media. So it's like, it's tangential to social media, but not really direct. And mm-hmm. I'd say we, and then we have like middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, which is a bit more um, strictly social media. Um, I guess social media tactics is, is how I might describe it, where uh-huh. we get into the details of how to do something. And typically the details hopefully the details will involve using a tool like buffer to, to get the work done. And I think okay. we, we might have like a five to one ratio of that five to one ratio of tofu to middle or bottom of funnel. So we definitely skew more heavily to top of the funnel. Oh, so, so five to one ratio is five times the content of uh, everything that revolves around social media. And then one times the content of uh, like what, what social media management actually is. Exactly. Yeah. And I'd say that was maybe, true of us a year ago we've shifted the blog um, okay. quite substantially now and are a bit more focused specifically on the strategies of social media management oh that that makes sense now uh, is that because you have a lot of traffic uh, organically coming in through the uh, through the ways that you follow five to one ratio and then now you're just focusing on the uh, now you just increase the ratio uh, of the one part and uh, you're focusing more on social media management yeah, I think there's maybe a couple of factors. Um, a lot of the top of funnel content does really well. It, it distributes mm-hmm. really well on social media. Um, so you'll see a, a natural peak when it's first published and then that then it like drops off after that. Whereas mm-hmm. more of the evergreen you know, strategy, social media-based, search-based content, um, it might start off a bit slower, but it picks up speed over time and has more of a, a, a solid long tail traffic to it. So that's one reason why we shifted that direction. Um, and another reason is that we really want our blog to be a useful resource for mm-hmm. people doing the work of social media. And ideally the people doing the work of social media are Buffer customers. So we're mm-hmm. trying to deliver the most value to those folks by writing content that they can use in their everyday work life. And so that has meant a bit less top of funnel, you know, bring traffic from all sorts of different places in and funnel it down and more targeted to a specific job of social media managers and hopefully they value there. Oh, that's, that's me. Uh, and uh, let's say if I start uh, my content marketing plan uh, this month, so how long will it take to see actual tangible results for content marketing? Because it take, I think it takes uh, some time to start working on it. I would say don't expect anything major to happen in the first six months. And don't expect okay. anything really significant to happen for at least a year. Oh, so it's all about patience then. 
<laughs> it is. It's a long-term yeah. strategy. There, there are some articles out there that say like, this is how I grew this in four months or something like that. But um, those are the exception rather than the rule. They're, they're, it's not to say that it's not possible. It's just, um, I'd say those are outliers in, in most cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, maybe those are the, uh, those exceptions are the ones that did the distribution of their content pretty well. So, so those these content ideas are driven by distribution strategies or is it the other way around? Um, I'd say, I'd say that we, we, we probably definitely when I wrote for the blog a couple like three or four years ago, it was very mm-hmm. ideas based. Like I didn't really think about distribution at all. I say mm-hmm. now, nowadays we're a bit more distribution focused. So we'll choose articles based on keywords that we don't rank for knowing that we can drive traffic to them through search. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's definitely been part of our strategy, but I do think there's maybe like an equal split of ideas based content where we might run um, some tr- some like trending strategy type things where something is happening mm-hmm. now that we want to talk about, and we don't really base it on anything other than we think this topic is um, vital to social media managers today. So I think there's there's a pretty good mix at the moment. Right, right. And I think Buffer mostly ranks for like is the king of all the distribution channels I know. Like uh, uh, I think I think Buffer uh, like you guys at Buffer have nailed all the distribution strategies, but uh, that still uh, like uh, makes me curious about how do you calculate the ROI on your content marketing strategies? Like what factors do you consider? Mm. Um, we we don't track ROI very carefully, so maybe I'll I'll start there. Uh, so so we do content marketing because we believe in delivering value to our customers. And mm-hmm. that alone is enough for us to continue doing it. We, and we tell if we're creating value by um, how often we post and how much traffic we receive and what percent of traffic mm-hmm. is a customer and what is not. And do people come back? And like, there's other signals there. Um, but in terms of like direct ROI, we don't really tie the... Um, mm-hmm. We don't really tie the returns from content marketing back to to um, back to the investment that we put into it. So I'd say mm-hmm. we don't really have a formula. We don't really have factors that go into it. If anything, mm-hmm. we see content marketing as kind of this blend of brand marketing and growth marketing, and it's become a bit more for us like brand marketing at this stage, where it can be something where we're okay doing it because it is something that. Um, help spread the word about Buffer. And um, mm-hmm. we're in a fortunate place where we don't have to tie it to a hard ROI number. Right, right. So so for for, for companies who have to, uh, like who are really suffering on their content marketing strategy, how can they, is there a way they, uh, they can calculate the ROI? Because uh, this is like a huge thing for every B2B tech SaaS company. Like they cannot uh, calculate the ROI in content marketing. Mm-hmm. Or, or they shouldn't at the first place. Yeah, I, I think so. I think it makes sense to calculate it for some folks. Um, it's definitely not a not a given. I think mm-hmm. in general, my 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 philosophy in general with marketing is not everything has to be super hard hard line ROI numbers. I think you know certain certain factors might make that more the case. Like if you have a, a short runway with money for the company, mm-hmm. or if you're very 
um, very budget focused or things. Um, there's definitely outside influences that will make ROI a bigger part of the conversation. I would say if you are doing ROI for content marketing, some of the factors that I would consider is uh, how much, I guess the salaries of the writers that you were paying. Um, uh-huh. If it's not their full-time job, then take a percentage of the salary. If you're hiring out for that, then you can use you know, freelance, the, the freelance rates that you're using. Um, any paid ads that you run against it, um, those mm-hmm. would be part of the calculation. Um, you know, blog hosting fees, if you're paying for different tools or plugins for the, the blog. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, any cost that you can tie back into the content that you're, cre- that you're creating should be a factor um, in that formula. That's that's pretty fair. Uh, and how do you uh, like allocate your time and resource split between content cre- curation and content distribution? Yeah, curation is a, a a fun topic. I think more of the time, our curation um, ends up happening in the research phase of of, mm-hmm. of content creation. I know those words are hard to distinguish between. So there's curation, which is going out and finding the stuff and there's creation, which is bringing that stuff back and making something. So that's where curation falls for us. And I'd say, um, Oh, I've heard it said that you're supposed to spend 20, 20% of your time creating and 80% of your time distributing. We probably do Mm -hmm. it backwards. We probably do 80% of our time creating and 20% distributing. And that's partially because of our distribution methods. Like when you distribute through search, all you really have to do is spend you know, five minutes making sure the SEO is solid on it. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, that's that's being reductive. Five minutes when you're done with the article, making sure, um, spend some good time at the start of the article in the research phase, making sure you're writing for the right keywords. Um, but then distribution kind of takes care of itself from there with search. Um, email marketing is pretty easy. If you build a big list, all you have to do is you know, write an email when something new is published. So... We're fortunate that a lot of our strategy, our distribution strategies don't require a lot of time investment. So we can spend that time on curation and creation instead. That's that's really interesting because uh, I think I think most of the pe- most of the people here in, in content are confused between how much time should they put in curation, creation, and distribution. Mm. Also, uh, lead generation by content marketing versus uh, lead generation by outbound sales. So, which was the best way to go for buffer, like when in in its early stage? Yeah. So we've never done sales, which. Um, is we're very lucky to, to be able to say that we've thought about it. Um, we've, we've like, uh, I guess we've dabbled in it maybe just in, in a very loose way of having someone, you know, if someone reached out to us, we'd have someone answer the phone or call them back or something. Um, mm-hmm. so for us, the answer has been lead gen by content marketing has been, um, the, the best way to go. And I think it fits, it fits our culture in a great mm-hmm. way, our, our company culture and that we, um, we're much more of a soft sell kind of company. Like if we, we feel like growth will come when you're delivering value to people and rather than, um, I guess we're very inbound in that way. We're very much more inbound than outbound in our, our nature. So it's just made sense from day one for us. Right. And if, if you, if Buffer were to start today, so I think Buffer started seven years ago, right? 2010. Yeah, if, if Buffer were to start today, so would, would it be same or would you focus more on outbound? Yeah, if, if, um, if we were to start over today, I think one of the main factors with outbound is 
what's your average revenue per user like? What's your lifetime value like? And are those numbers high enough that it justifies the time and cost and resources that you put into building out a sales team and a sales system? And for us, if we were to start Buffer again, if we were to start Buffer as a premium tool with like, mm-hmm. you know, we have a, a $15 a month plan um, as one of our plans, the, the revenue per user and the lifetime value just aren't high enough to justify the cost of a sales team. So if I were to start over today, I'd probably still stick with content marketing and other, other um, one-to-many type marketing models. Yeah, I agree with that philosophy. Like, if you provide more value, it's going to benefit you in the long run. Mm-hmm. But most people are not ready to go for the long run. They need results short term. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how do you keep uh, customers considering that they have long tail, like you have a long tail of free users as well? Yeah, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. And mm-hmm. some of them are a bit hard to measure. So, and, you know, qualitatively, we'll say that the, cust- the level of customer support that we give is a key factor in why people remain loyal to us. Um, mm-hmm. We'll say that the product quality and kind of the, the, the ease of use of Buffer versus other platforms, other social media right. software platforms, um, that has helped people stick around. I think there has to be a utility, a certain utility to the product too. So people are getting the results they need from it. Um, we also have people mm-hmm. tell us they stay because of um, like the company culture and the things that our company believes in. So that mm-hmm. has been um, has been nice to hear because it's definitely stuff that we we highly value. And it's nice to hear that others resonate with that. Um, and then there right. then there are like actual retention loops within the product that hopefully are helping those customers stick around. We have things like NPS surveys that we use to gauge you know who's loyal and what does their activity look like, and then we figure out based on that activity, how can we encourage others to have a similar kind of activity life cycle within the product? So there's some, some quantifiable things we can do too. Mm -hmm. And if I may ask, uh, like what's, what's the current strategy Buffer is using? Is it still like uh, content marketing, like for future or uh, are you focusing on any outbound sales or any other activities right now? Yeah, so at the moment, our two biggest um, growth areas are content marketing and word of mouth. And we're working mm-hmm. to get more quantitative about word of mouth. Like, how can we, how can we know where this word of mouth um, acquisition is coming from and be able to do more of it? So those are key ones for us. We don't have any plans to do, to do outbound sales in the future. Um, we don't have any plans to lean into paid ads at all. So I'd say content marketing with a heavy dose of search engine optimization are the key ones um, that we can track. That's, that's great. That's, uh, I think it, it, like Buffer is really lucky to get that done perfectly. Yes, I agree. <laughs> it is we're very fortunate, grateful that you know, folks have found the content valuable. That's helped yeah. us build some good authority so we can rank pretty well. And uh, when, uh, I'm, a, I'm a part of Buffer's Slack community as well for a year, more than a year now. Great. So is, is that something uh, which you majorly focus on? Or is it just something that you want to build a community on side, side Yeah, we do have one whole person dedicated to community work for Buffer. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's something that we've, we've um, committed to there. And, you know, she's great. She does some amazing things for that community. Um, I think we're excited to also think about community in like a larger sense of 
how does it fit mm-hmm. maybe in different parts of the customer journey or the different parts of the customer lifecycle? Um, mm-hmm. Are there other ways that we can think about community that could could lead to some great things? So um, there's definitely a community emphasis within the Buffer product and company and within our marketing. So um, yeah, that's been a, a key focus for us too. So are you guys any are you guys putting any more effort in getting any uh, more people through Buffer? Like uh, like mo- I think most of the community members are already people who are using Buffer. Oh yeah, are we adding more? Are we going to add more customers into the site? Uh-huh. Okay, so co- community building is one of the plans that you you guys are using. Oh yes, it is one of our one of our areas. Yeah, we have. Um, and search are our main ones and we have several sub areas um and not sub in a way that there are any less or necessary there's less resources we put a lot of resources into so we have uh, community building we have our we have product marketing and we have an called that we call conversion marketing which is our marketing website and optimizing it so areas that we we've chosen to invest in that's really interesting Great. So it was it was really nice talking to you. I think we we have great amount of uh, content gathered here for people for all the listeners in less than thirty minutes of this. That's great. Great. Wonderful. Great. So thank you, Kevin, for doing this. Yes. Uh, Thanks, Sunil. I'm pretty sure uh, like everyone will know like how to create an effective content marketing and distribution plan after listening to this. It's, yes. This was fun. Thanks.